0: The point is, is that there's a father that comes out every single day and looks for you to come back and he's waiting to run out to you. Welcome back to another episode of PPK. We are back at it again. Excited to get into this episode, because I think this is one that is going to be coming from the heart, from experience, something that you may be familiar with, something you may be going through, but definitely something that we're excited to talk about. So Meeks, what's the inspiration for this episode?
1: So this episode, we're talking about the most classic parable of all time, which is the prodigal son, and um, and really try to dive into it into a real way, and more of an everyday thing, because so I think maybe it's a tendency to think like, oh dude, I've never... I've never paid for a prostitute. Like, what are you coming at me for? I'm not the prodigal son or that kind of idea, but every day we're given that choice to do something with our inheritance that God's given us. And also playing to the fact that, you know, us starting this podcast, it was really to target the younger son in that story and target those people who have fallen away, but have that longing for truth or understanding at some point in their life. And, and um, we, those people we want to talk to, we want to talk to the, the lost sheep, uh, I guess you could say. And, those people who maybe don't feel like they have someone that they can relate to. And they look at us as people like as examples and people who are just real about it and not so elevated. And no, we're not the older brother, you know, we're just, we're all the younger brother, we're just trying to guide each other back to, to the father, you know? And so, yeah, that's really just the, the point we're making with the with a prodigal son story.
0: Yeah. I think this one, I mean, there's so many different ways to dive into this. Um, sometimes you'll hear the prodigal son. Sometimes you'll hear the merciful father. There are obviously three characters, if you will, to the parable. So there is the, the prodigal son, the younger son, the older brother, and then also the father. So I think we'll just kind of unpack a little bit of that as we go along. But, you know, as Miko stated, there's, you know, big part of this reason we started PBK was because of the fact that I think even in our own experience was who, who can we relate to? Who, who do we see within the church that um, resonated with us? Now, I want to make sure that we're clear: is that as you grow in your spiritual maturation, meaning as you progress in your spirituality, you can get with people that are just really trying to get holy. Right? I mean, ultimately, and and I think about you know, some of the great minds of the church, um, the people that are in the, on the front lines today, who may not have the same experiences or background, may not relate to uh, maybe our wayward lives or our struggles, but they are striving for holiness, and I think that's key. But just we really wanted to, to kind of talk through this and, and, you know, speak to what spoke to us mm-hmm. in that parable and then also within our lives.
2: Yeah. So something that kind of stands out to me whenever I think of um, this parable, um, there's always so many different ways we can relate to each character. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously, God, Jesus gives us these parables to speak to us in a way that's supposed to call us out of ourselves to learn more about him, to learn more about our own nature. So when I think about this story, um, I think about the ways where I was both the older son and the younger son. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about it a few episodes on uh, the parenting episode mm-hmm. where, when you were going to your through your reversion, there was this kind of older son, like, who are you trying to be good now? Oh, he's back, and he's making these changes. Dad's coming. Dad's making all these changes. Dad's mm-hmm. into the church, and the devil tries to tempt you with this sense of pride. No, he's not. There's the doubt, right? It's always doubt. The devil loves to just kind of make you question and elevate our pride, make us feel like I'm above you, and and so that was something that um, just right off the bat when I think of the prodigal son, this idea of like. Oh, you're, oh, you're coming back into, into the faith. Oh, nice. Yeah. Likely story, you know? And it's like, are you in your faith? You know? Mm -hmm. And Miko and I were kind of talking about our experience at Franciscan. Um, You know, when we go there, kids from California, we dress a little different. I have hoop earrings, you know, Um, we have the Cali fashion and I'm on the basketball team immediate. It's like. This dude isn't here for his faith. This isn't someone here, Francis. And this dude's here to, to go to the parties. This dude's here to um, to just kind of hang out. He's here for basketball. He's not really about his faith. Mm. And you, I would walk around to go to class, and you can feel it. Like, why are there so many eyes on me right now? <laughs> I'm just trying to listen to music and go to class. Like, you know, my theology class, by the way, as I minored in theology. So... I don't know why everyone was hating on me, but (laughs) whatever. But, you know, there's that idea of like, um, you felt that older son too. And I know a lot of those kids were very holy, obviously holier than me, but the way they portray it is a holier than thou, you know? And, and then I think in my own life, this, the idea of being, um, the prodigal son and how that's just an everyday thing, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: you know, like. Just the idea of kind of taking what God gives us and running with it. Thanks, God. See ya. Mm-hmm. And then you just go and squander it away. And, and then when we fall, there's always that realization. Like it's like in, in in the original fall with Adam and Eve, the devil makes all these promises. You're going to be like God. And the minute they sin, all they realize is that they're naked. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that's different. And oh, ashamed. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm I'm naked. And And that's what we see throughout salvation history, but we see it in the prodigal son, just in my own life, just thinking all these promises that the devil gives you, whatever sin that you struggle with, anger, lust, you know, whatever, it's always that false promise. And the minute you fall, it's like, all I see is my own shame, my own nakedness, my own inability to, to make myself happy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as I meditate on this, um, on this, terrible just how i can fit in any character at any time mm-hmm. and just, just just try to show the love of the father not only to my younger brothers and those around us but also to myself in, in the moment and we kind of talked about the last episode this this maintaining that peace even when you do fall to not let the devil rob you of that peace so to show myself that love even if i do fall to know that there's a father who loves you more than you can love yourself who wants you to be holy more than you can ever desire holiness Mm -hmm. so that's that's what that's what came to mind for me
0: yeah just to kind of give our um, listeners out there an idea you know because some of you may not be familiar you may be familiar with the title but just real quick like the the two-minute version where the prodigal son is essentially asking his father for his inheritance while his father's still alive and the father gives that to him and the son, younger son, goes off and blows it off on a life of, you know, partying and and basically, and I think in certain um, translations, and it goes to an empty wasteland, right? And that's what he kind of did with his life, blew it away. Next, thing you know, he's um, finding himself, um, you know, wishing to even eat, eat the fill of pods uh, of, of the swine, right? And that in an ancient Jewish environment, that's like you couldn't get any lower than that. As just when you thought it was low of eating swine, you're actually going to eat of the fill of the swine. So obviously you took it, he, you know, Jesus takes that another level. And um, so then he comes home, father comes out to meet him. We'll kind of get into that. But um, the the father's excited about that, that reunion, right? And then the older son's upset. What's going on here? Because the father's throwing a party for him, right? Kill a fattest calf, put a robe on him, give him a ring, put some sandals on his feet. You know, he's excited. And the brother's like, what? I've been here since day one you never threw me a party you never killed you know a, a, a fattened calf for me and the father said you know you everything i have is yours but your brother was dead and now he's come back to life mm-hmm. and so just putting that in that con so much there again because there's different and something you said keone i think that was powerful you said letting yourself for that love and specifically letting yourself for that love from god mm-hmm. right is key being loved embraced by the father which is a big struggle especially for the men out there um is just the, the father list the father wound we have out there yeah. makes what's your thoughts on all this
1: yeah i think first i'd like to address the older brother because because I, I too go to franciscan and <laughs> uh i don't get much different looks <clears throat> and i remember because i started out as a political science major and um, you know it the brainy people and all and they're and they're dressing in their little Ties a class, and they're sitting up front, and I'm in the back with my my dagger earring about this big, and I got all oh, whatever I got. I got a tats- I got a couple big tattoos on my leg, and. All of this, uh, and I just know because one of my friends came up to me. Actually, she became a good friend after we had some poli class together. She's like, "I'm not gonna lie. When you first came, I'm like, like, who is this guy? Why is he here right now? Like, what is his master plan to ruin Franciscan, or what's going on here?'" And so I know, I know that feeling, and I already know when I when I walk around, people are like, "What is this guy doing on this campus?" And Franciscan parents probably start just transferring their kids. He's like, "This is not what I signed up for. I don't know why this kid's here." So. Yeah, I mean, that and just the idea that I feel like for a lot of our listeners, maybe not, but I know for a lot of our friends who listen and reach, us out, reach out to us, is that I think maybe a lot of times the the older son or the, the older brother is what holds a lot of people back from wanting to come, you know, and whether that be a priest feeling like, feeling like they can't go confession to a priest because he's going to destroy them for the things that they've done or, you know, why would I'm not going to go to mass. I'm too embarrassed to do those. Like that's a real problem that a lot of our friends have encountered because our friends, uh, we have a lot of people who, you know, maybe haven't gotten confession in five years and they're way too scared to go back. Why why would I do that? And just kind of comfortable with living in their, I guess, younger brother form of just doing whatever they want because they don't have to feel that conviction or they don't have to feel judged by um, those people, because it's, it's a real feeling to, you know, to be like, you know, I don't know if I want to go and, and face that, or I'm sure it's tough for people, you know, you always hear the stories about uh, young women who've had, you know, babies out of wedlock, and you don't want to go to church anymore, because then everyone's going to be looking at you in a certain way, and just kind of the idea that the the other, older brother phenomenon is really real, and and kind of that, that judgment that, that lays on people, and it holds a lot of people back from truly embracing um, the father, and so, yeah, I guess uh, getting that part out of the way and just kind of going to the younger son because that's really that idea of us having our inheritance and the Father giving it to us is something that we live with every day. I mean, just the idea of, of eternal life and, and a purposeful life. Like without God, there is really, we talked about this, there is no purposeful life. You're just doing whatever you want to do. And so we have that inheritance. We have the beauty of, of the faith and the beauty of just life itself and the beauty of, of eternal life, the opportunity for eternal life. And we choose every day to at least throw a little bit of it. We're throwing at least twenties this way and twenties that way. And we're not doing what we need to be. And I don't think it's necessary. Just like oh, you know, I was a I was doing drugs hardcore for three years. It's like every single decision you have an opportunity to do something with your inheritance, mm-hmm. and it could be, it could be you just sit in there like I, I watch way too many 2k videos all the time I just I don't even know why I'm into it but I just do and sometimes I'm sometimes thinking like dude what am I doing right now? how am I how am I just watch an hour of people playing 2k right now and and that's that's me doing something with my inheritance that literally just kind of throws it away that's just me throwing some time just whatever which is fine to relax but you have to understand also that you're given something and you're expected to do something with it. Mm-hmm. And so we could talk about the parable of the of the gifts, or I think, right? The talents. Talents, there it is. Talents, same thing with that. You're I'm giving you something, you're expected to do something with it. Mm-hmm. So just because you're an indifferent guy and nah, man, I just want peace, bro, I'm just doing me, you're expected to still do something. So you can try to play that role all you want. Like the people who go, oh, no, I don't vote, man, I don't, no, you're expected to do something. Mm-hmm. You're expected to do something every time. You have a difference, whether you like that or not, you make an impact on everyone around you in society. Mm-hmm and and you're going to everything you do is either going to direct you towards God and back to the Father or it's going to go further into Sodom and Gomorrah wherever that guy was at, wherever the younger son was going to or Las Vegas or wherever he was at. um and so i mean that's just a reality something we want to bring forth is that every day you have i mean numerous opportunities to do something with that inheritance that God's given you and whether you think that it's cool just because I'm I'm not I'm not harming anybody you you're still making a choice mm-hmm. and it's either going to be towards there, or towards God or it's not going to be towards
0: God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, Keone had, you know, spoken about this piece about the devil going back to the fall. And you know, the devil really is, is like a one trick pony when it comes to all this, right? It's the, and you see, you see the roles that Christ plays and, and Satan plays in your life during the time when you're getting ready to, you know, Admit that sin. The devil's your biggest cheerleader, right? Do it. You deserve it. Everybody's doing it. Man, ain't nobody. Nobody's gonna care. You know what I mean? Nobody's watching. You're justified. Blah 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 blah. Right? God will forgive you. It's all good. And then the minute you do it, he's your biggest accuser. Look at you. Right? You're the sum total of that sin. You're the sum total. Look at you. you you're never. You're, you're not even. You're not even worth saving. You're not lovable. You're not this. You're not that. He becomes your biggest accuser. And then who becomes your biggest defender? Christ. Now I died for you. I gave my life for you before you even knew that you put me on that cross. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I think a lot of brothers and sisters out there that are watching are in that same struggle. And the reason why we wanted to talk about this is like, you know, it's real easy to be up here on a podcast and call it Priest, Prophet, King and think like we got it all together or like there was no struggle. Keone's talked about even, it, you know, it just kind of hit me when you're talking about having the older brother role and I'm the prodigal son, right? And being that way and it's just like, I think I brought this up in one of the, the the episodes too. You know, I show up to my hometown and I'm doing a confirmation retreat and I got like five people that are sitting in there going, Why are you teaching this retreat? Like I was wondering whether or not that was John Sablon and yep, that's John Sablon. Why are you here? You know, you're the furthest you were the furthest thing from Jesus and true that. True true that, right? They knew me when I was in the wasteland throwing away my inheritance. But you know, God's patience is aimed towards our salvation. Praise be to him. So it's just like, yeah, like I can understand that older brother because I'm i in that same role. Like I switch roles. I went from prodigal son to even older brother. Right now I look at people and and there's that temptation to what? Because I'm prideful and I can be uh, I, I'm ruled by certain things that um that are of the flesh, like ego um, and my own brokenness. And I'll be like, I got the zeal of Phineas now. And I'm like. Well, why aren't you where I'm at? Where are you at, bro? You just weak or what? And then so now it's like, wait a minute, you were once that guy, and now you're the older brother. Now you're now you're and you're condemning yourself. Mm-hmm. You know who you once were, and I think that's the thing we got to you know really try to speak to the hearts of our brothers and sisters out there. Like, you know, what is actually holding you back? You know, where where are you with the inheritance? Because as Miko stated, we we are all responsible for that. The not doing anything with it is still doing something, right? Indifference is not really a choice, but it is an action in the sense, even if it's inaction. But you know, what do we? That's kind of one of the key messages for us is that that back and forth that we all play, and that struggle um, it, as being the prodigal son and not feeling like there's anybody that you can connect to, maybe feeling like you are only the, the total sum of your of the, the mistakes. Maybe we have some of our brothers and sisters who started off strong. I mean, we're people that we know that watch this that maybe have been away from church for a long time and bought into the stuff we bought into. And now they're like, but I don't even know how to get back, bro. I ain't got a GPS. I don't got, I don't got no map. And I got no guide. And maybe you're feeling scared. Maybe you're feeling hopeless. Maybe you feel like, Either you're not worth it or you're not able or capable. Like you don't have it in you to do it. You know, I remember having a family member say that to me specifically, like when he was going through it, I, 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 look at me, I can't do it. I'm like, look at me. God did it through me. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Probably a greater sinner than you. So, so it's, it's trying to bring a message of hope, but recognizing that there's an obligation and a responsibility, mm-hmm. right?
2: Yeah, so what Father Jacques Philippe talked about in his book, Searching for Maintaining um, Peace he talked about patience in the midst of our sin and the idea that when we fall it's easy to fall into discouragement despair shame uh excessive blame whatever it is and something that really stood out to me because i can be really hard on myself when i sin, mm-hmm. like really hard like we're obsessed over it and usually it just leads to more sin whether it's impatience, now I'm getting angry, now I'm irritable, now I'm lazy, whatever it is. And it's this sense of, well, I'm trying really hard. I don't want to do this, this, and this. I'm trying to work on this, this, and this, right? And something that Father Jock said that really stood out to me is, if there is a, a sense of discouragement, shame, um, anguish in the midst of your sin, to the extent that you experience that is the extent that you distrust God and you place more trust in yourself. Mm. And so basically it, it kind of just hit me like a ton of bricks. Cause I was like, that makes so much sense. In the midst of my sin, when I am just like beating myself up, which so many people can do, right? I'm so far away. I had a kid out of wedlock or I've been addicted to this, this, and this for so long. I can't come back. I'm gone that is the number one alert to you that you've placed too much trust in yourself. And what father Jacques said, that's really cool is that that's an impossible feat for any of us to try to attempt to be holy by ourselves. Like that is just, that's literally impossible. No one has a superhuman power to do that. What father Jacques presented though, was in the midst of our sin, all it should simply be is obviously a contrite heart. Obviously you avoid the near occasion of sin, but it's a reminder that we should be placing a greater trust in Christ. Right. You said like he did it through me. I mean, you know, talking to your uncle or mm-hmm. whatever it was, you know, he can do it through me and, and that's, he can do it through any of us. And it's just the idea that if you're falling into this idea of shame, anguish, discouragement, that is the devil talking.
0: Mm-hmm. The accuser.
2: That's the accuser. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea that you're placing too much trust in yourself and it's not meant to. Mm-hmm. And what father Peter who has been our confessor and, and just becoming a really good model for our, for our family. What he told me in, in the recent confession that I went to is, you know, we talked about our daily actions, right? Every day you have an opportunity to do something with that inter- inheritance that the father has given us every day. And what he said was, through your actions that you're doing in the day, it's not you that are making yourself holy. Those actions are just opening up channels for God's grace to flow through. Mm-hmm. That's all you're doing. When you're spending time in prayer, when you're deciding to make that step back into the church, when you're saying, maybe I should I should spend a little time in prayer, maybe I should go in the chapel, maybe I should just start praying the rosary, or maybe I should just kind of break some of these habits, whatever those those changes you are that you're making, that's God who invited you first. And we're just responding. Mm-hmm. And it's when we are making these changes, we're taking that one little step. We're allowing God's grace to flow through us. We're putting more trust in him and less trust in ourselves. And it's the realization that I think the prodigal son had, like, dude, I squandered everything. Maybe, just maybe, dad will give me the title of a slave and I can at least have some food. Yeah. Maybe. And what is what does God always do? He gives us That and then so, always, because he can never be outdone. And it's when we finally finally put a little trust in the Father that he realized the abundance that he can get just by placing that little bit of trust and realizing that when I took away all my trust in God and did it on my own, I was left with nothing. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and another... Another thing that um, Father Peter actually told me too, <laughs> little Father Peter, shout out vibes. <laughs> yeah, um shout out to Father Peter. <laughs> during my confession, was that you know he's saying that you know this sin that you are struggling with, God has allowed in your life as a process of your of your sanctification of your of your sainthood, and so this is necessary for you to overcome in order for you to be where you are supposed to be. Basically, is what he's saying, and. I thought that was super powerful because you're like, and hey, that's, you know, that's facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Speaking truth there because he's, he always puts things in our life. So whatever, you know, if, if you are the prodigal son, he's putting those things in your life, understanding that you, you need to overcome it. Not that you can overcome it, but you have to, in order to be who you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, and then lastly, let me touch on, because I guess not a lot of people, people to talk about the merciful father, but I mean, there's like almost a little bit of like, a reckless father you could probably think of as you know we were watching this video of a, of a, a homily a, a priest did and he was just talking about like the i guess craziness of a dad just willing to give his inheritance away like on the spot because of a uh, little brat wants wants to go away mm-hmm. into las vegas and play with the big boys and just kind of how ridiculous that really is to think about and like why why would you do that and and what the son is saying in that moment of you know I need my inheritance is that basically like i want you dead like it isn't you don't really matter i just need that money so however that's going to happen like I'm, I'm gonna need that like he's calling on his death and completely just i mean disrespecting him in every way and kind of similar to what we do oh look at that a little, a little circle we're coming around <laughs> <laughs> we're on a roundabout we're going back this way <laughs> um and that's just something not only that our sin we're asking jesus to die because he has to in order to fulfill us again but as the priest was saying in the sacrament of baptism and reconciliation and uh, and communion and all these confirmation he has to die we're asking god to die because those are only fulfilled if he does die and so i think that he you know as the priest calls a death warrant i mean how powerful is that he's saying you know i need you to die so i can get my inheritance and that's exactly what we did i mean we sinned and we needed Jesus to die so that we could receive our inheritance, which is eternal life. And I mean, that one blew my mind because I never thought about it like that, but I mean, mm-hmm. it's just super fascinating to think about because I mean, you always want to talk about the merciful father, but then you don't really know. I never heard anyone question like, why, why would you give him the inheritance in the first place?
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and I think you, when you look at the example of that, the amount of like, kind of like reckless abandonment and love, you know what I mean? Like, um, and now I know that as a father, right, myself, that you want to give your your wife and your kids everything. You know, you, you need to be a parent. But to think of it in that way, like if one of y'all came to me and like, yo, dad, um, I want you to die because I need that life insurance policy. yeah, I'm probably going to have to go to confession after that conversation, right? Because <laughs> that's just, I'm not going to respond that way, right? Um, I'm still a work in progress. But, but it's really powerful to think about that where we kind of walk around like a lot of entitled, spoiled kids. That because christ died not realizing that we demanded his death that well i'm entitled to salvation right redemption is mine man it's you know christ is risen indeed right you know and it's like yeah do you know what that costs do you know what us being able to go to mass i mean think about we've been stripped of the sacraments for two months and um and we're struggling with that because We're Eucharistic people, you know, we're just, we want to be close to God. And yet, um, we almost to a point where we're entitled, right? Yet, we put Christ on the cross in order to give us the sacraments to Holy Mother Church. You know, I mean, think about Holy Communion and that being us, you know, we had our, obviously, our episode on the true presence, the real presence. And the fact that to receive that costs Christ's very life. And we're like, where's it at? I need that. And so, you know, circling back to all of this is really to, uh, you know, uh, as we speak to the hearts really of those out there that are that are in that wasteland, whatever that wasteland is for you, you know, the different um, you've been away from the church for so long and you don't even know how to get back. Hit us up. Right. Send us a message. We'll walk with you. Right. We're going to run out like the, the father did what if that wasteland is some type of addiction, whether that's pornography or drug addiction or alcohol addiction or sex addiction, whatever it is, messages will get you connected to some type of help. The point is, is that there's a father that comes out every single day and looks for you to come back and he's waiting to run out to you. And as we've explained, like, don't think somehow you're like, as you're listening to the evil one, whisper in your ear that you're not good enough, you're not worth it, you're not lovable, you're not capable, that it's nothing but a bunch of lies, like going back to the the Garden of Gethsemane, go watch the Passion when you see the Satan in Jesus' ear. Do you really think one man can bear the weight of sin for the entire world? And Jesus never acknowledged him, except when he went to stomp on on the snake's head. And I think the message for you all is, is that there's a Father who loves you, there's a church who's waiting for you and brothers and, and and sisters in Christ, and that nothing that you could do could ever earn that love, and more importantly, nothing you could ever do could ever lose that love. So, any parting words is kind of a a deep, really deep subject, but we felt a call to to actually bring this out and that inspiration. Any any parting words for our brothers and sisters out there?
2: Yeah, just to kind of end and, and remind the viewers that the turning point in, in that parable was when he just decided to go humbly back to the father. I'll just be a slave. And, and when it's in that sense of humility that just go, I'll go to serve him, serve the father, mm-hmm. not as a son, I'm just, I just, I'll, be a, I'll be a servant. Mm-hmm. And it's in that humility and in that trust in the father Because you still had to accept them, whether it's a slave or a son. Mm -hmm. It's in that humility that God always brings us back as his son. But it takes that humility first. It takes that step to be willing to serve first. That way God always outdoes us. So I I think those listening, those prodigal sons, to take that step of humility, to stop putting that trust in yourself, because believe me, you're going to fall just like me and humbly go back to the father who's always ready and willing to call you back as a son or a daughter. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, that's why we wanted to do this episode because we're all prodigal sons and we're going to be talking to a lot of prodigal sons. So <laughs> no one's and, older brother. And daughters, right? Yeah. Daughters, yeah. yeah. Also, <laughs> sorry. And, uh, and there's really no even if you think you're an older brother, you're really not. We're all, we're literally all prodigal sons. <laughs> that's the yeah. point of the parable. <laughs> and, uh, you know, on a lighter note too, I was actually, when we were talking about this, I was also thinking that we have a father, an older brother, and a younger <laughs> son, which is pretty tough. <laughs> Priest, Prophet, King, look at that, huh? And uh, yeah, and always make sure like, comment, subscribe, and uh, follow us on
0: Instagram, too, at king. Yeah, so we, we thank you for your time um, today. We pray to God that you open your heart to him and that this did something in your life to move you, to convict you, and more importantly, to woo you back to the love of a heavenly father so until then get holy or die trying we'll see you on the next episode peace